Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Chris Lehman and Drew Blevins. Welcome back to Wolfpack Sports Television's production of The Howler. I'm Drew Blevins. Chris Lehman will be along shortly. It's a special extended edition this week as Wolfpack Sports Television endeavors to give you the state of Wolfpack athletics, and there's no bigger state to talk about than the upcoming Wolfpack football game against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Our guest today will be Travis Dalton, one of the student assistant coaches on the NC State football team. Travis, we're honored to have you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. So there's a lot of hype surrounding this football game. North Carolina is the number 11 team in the AP poll, and we continue to wait out the college football poll rankings until they come out here on Tuesday evening. But nonetheless, this is a very formidable opponent, and to this point, this may be the biggest game of the season. It's always circled as a rivalry game. So what are just your general impressions of the importance of this football game? Well, this game's important. If both teams are winless, both teams are undefeated. It's rivalry week. It's Carolina week. There's... Nothing else that needs to be said about it, but the fact that they're coming in on a 10-game win streak and have aspirations for playing in uh, in the playoff, obviously they still have to beat us and Clemson, but that just puts even more weight on the game. We're getting a nationally televised game, chance for us to showcase what we really can do, and uh, I think the guys are ready to play. Undoubtedly. I mean... I know you're an offensive specialty guy in your coaching tenure so far here at NC State, but but one thing I do want to talk about is that there is such a potent offense on the other side. Marquise Williams, Ryan Switzer, Quinshot Davis. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. What is it going to take to be able to stop those guys? Our defense will be ready to play. I mean, we had guys. We have the same uh, same ideas last year. We we came in. They were they were a high profile offense, but we were able to execute a good game plan and and really shut them down but I think as an offense we can do our part by uh, really possessing the ball I mean if we go back to the way we did against the first few opponents granted the caliber of schedule was different but we were possessing the ball for almost 40 minutes of the game so that's one way we can we can do our part to to slow down their potent offense attack and switching in now to your specialty, where you are with the running backs, the running game has been so integral to NC State's success this season, but now you lose Matt Days. Shadrach Thornton was dismissed from the team earlier in the season before ACC play began. And now you're stuck in this interesting scenario where you have running back by committee, whether it's going to be Reggie Gillespie or Jalen Samuels or Naheem Hines or Dequay Nichols. I mean, how important is it going to be for those guys to get going, and how well are they preparing this week? Well, it all starts up front, and we've actually had some pretty consistent uh, line play. Granted, we've had a few different uh, right tackles, um, but our line has been able to stay stay together, and it's uh, it's been a good push up front, and that's opened it up for whoever's running, whether it had been uh, Matt and Chad early or, yeah, as you said, the committee um, as of late. But each each guy knows their responsibility they know uh they're ready to take any rep given and i think that uh that helps it where we can also put in fresh legs with uh running back by committee so you know you never know who's going to get the ball but all four guys are ready to play so is it fair to say that really the difference in this game could be one in the trenches on the offensive line? I mean, you talked about how important it is to make sure you're opening up the holes for a fairly speedy running back committee. Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah, and I think us getting a push as, with our offensive line and our on the opposite of that is our defense getting pressure on Marquise and our Marquise not letting him uh, sit back in the pocket. Because if he has all day to throw, he's, he's very – He's proven that he's very dangerous. Um, so if we can get him flustered a little bit, I think that'll be a key. So, yeah, I think the, the trenches are a good place to start. You're listening to the Howler Podcast, Wolfpack Sports Television. Drew Blevins alongside Travis Dalton, the student assistant coach of the NC State football team. Chris Lehman will be alongside shortly. Travis, the running game is something that NC State has predicated their offense on really all season long, but there is – a little bit of an influx in the passing game because there have been some key losses in the backfield. How important is it for Jacoby Brissett to be able to have an efficient and effective air attack against the Tar Heel secondary that's proven to be fairly good? Well, even last year, and I think we're on pace this year, to be a very balanced offense. Um, 
we were the most balanced in the nation last year and we're doing a, a very good job of that again this year and to complement our running game Jacoby has been very very good with the football the the interception against Syracuse was his first meaningful interception of the year. The other one being just the last play against Virginia Tech, where it was just kind of a, a heave up at the last minute. So to have one really meaningful interception on the year, and he's done a really good job taking care of the football when he runs it, um, it's been nice to to have a balance between a reliable quarterback and a, a steady running game that, that keeps things keeps the defense on their on their heels. In the last couple of weeks, Brissett has been able to hit eight and nine different receivers respectively in both of his games, which is an outstanding number, but this receiving core was something that was a little bit of a question mark in the beginning of the season. I mean, a lot of these guys are returning, but they're still young. You're looking at guys like Jonathan Alston, Braylon Cherry, Jamichael Ramos, who are experienced catching passes. But nonetheless, it stands out that there is no one go-to receiver. But nonetheless, the yardage, are com- the yardage is coming in the passing game and you're beginning to see the passing attack really take off. How confident are you and the rest of, uh, the rest of that coaching staff in this receiving core? Oh, I think Coach McDonald has done a, a great job with the receivers coming in in his first year on staff. And uh, it's, been a, it's been nice where you can put anybody in. It's very been very flexible, let me put it that way. Um, anybody can play any of the receiver positions, and you'll get uh, a guy who – knows what they're doing and can make it make the play now we don't have a go-to but I can see that as being an advantage where you don't have one guy to key on um, where you don't know if it's a clutch time where Jacoby's definitely going to go he he likes to spread the ball around um, actually I believe our leading receiver is Jalen Samuel so it's it's not about trying to get it to one guy it's about finding who's open and I think Jacoby does a really good job of that and the receivers understand that so we don't have anybody complaining for more touches or uh, being a cancer to the team it's been a, a good group effort you're listening to Wolfpack Sports Television's The Howler. We're joined by Travis Dalton, student assistant coach of the NC State football team. We talked about the offense. We talked about the defense. But it, whenever you play in a rivalry game, it always seems like it comes down to intangible. So can you take us inside the Close King practice facility? What's the mindset going around that locker room right now? What's the energy level like over there? Well, you don't have to get anybody excited for this week. It, it just comes naturally being rivalry week. But I think this week the, the focus and – the big teaching or the big key is let's send our seniors off with a bang. Uh, it's it will be senior day, so those guys will be playing with a lot of emotion. The last time in Carter Finley, um, so we want everyone is playing for their seniors because we want to send them out with a win. Is there any nervousness around the team right now? I mean, you are going to be playing the AP number eleven team, and that's a very formidable opponent, second highest ranked team that you will have played all season, and it's North Carolina. I think the fact that it's North Carolina gets people's adrenaline going enough where nerves won't really take over. It'll be a focus of getting down to business and just beating beating your rival. Yeah, they're, they happen to be ranked high, but I don't think that uh, increases any of the, the nerves or intensity that comes with this week. I mean, Carter-Finley Stadium – is a difficult atmosphere for any opponent to come in and play in. It's very loud. It's very rowdy. The fans are excellent. But this is Thanksgiving week here at North Carolina State University, and students will be going home. They will be heading out. So does that play any factor into it if there's not as much of a crowd presence? Are you expecting the Wolfpack faithful to be out there and be out there in numbers and quite loud? I'm, I'm expecting definitely the regular uh, fans to be out there. The students, we understand this will be – uh, a tough weekend because you want to go home, spend time with your family, and definitely do that. But if I can encourage Wolfpack Nation to be back out here by Saturday afternoon, got a couple extra hours, we got a 3.30 kick. Um, so come out, be loud, support the pack, and make it make it hostile for uh, for the Tar Heels. So we want, we want every bit of a home advantage as we can get. And, of course, you don't want to overlook this game, but you are 7-4 and four now, trying to make it to 8-4, and four, but 7-5 and five is still a top-notch bowl record to be able to get somewhere to a decent bowl game. If you could take your pick out of anywhere, where would you personally like to go? Ooh, personally, I, I would like to go to New York to the Pinstripe Bowl. That would be a fun – I think that would be a fun uh, opportunity. I mean, to get to play in Yankee Stadium, that's just unique where – 
not many people get to do that. And then on top of that, spending a week in New York around Christmas time, that would be a, a, a very nice experience. I know a lot of uh, a lot of our staff would disagree with me as they're trying to go warmer. Um, but And I can't disagree with going warm. But I think uh, the pinstripe bowl would be where I would like to see us end up. So that is your dream bowl. But if you're to take away all dreams and aspirations and look realistically, where do you think NC State's going? Um, from what we're hearing, there's a there's a real chance that we can end up in the Belk Bowl. Now, I understand that's just a bunch of uh, speculation from experts who are playing out a bunch of different scenarios, but uh, it's close by for our fans, so the Belk Bowl knows we'll travel well, which is what they want. Um, it's been a while. It's been since we played Louisville there back in Mike Glennon's uh, final year. I believe it was his final year uh, since we've been down there, so it logically makes sense for us to end up in Charlotte. Well, it's certainly an exciting proposition to end up in Charlotte. ESPN right now has NC State heading to the Belt Bowl in a couple of different polls and projections they've had. The other one that everybody seems to be seeing is a matchup with the Navy Midshipmen in the North of Grumman Military Bowl, which would be a very interesting game with Ken Niamatololo at the helm there for Navy, another ranked opponent. But if you even step back further and understanding that Without a doubt, you have two games left. NC State is going to finish with another winning record. Whether it be 7-6, and 9-4, remains to be seen. But there is success here at NC State. What is it going to take to keep building, to keep taking that next step forward in Dave Doran's tenure here as Jalen McClendon will take over at the quarterback position next year, as well as you should be able to see Johnny Frazier in the backfield with that complement of freshmen and sophomores coming in? Well, this year's motto was raise the bar, and... That's been the goal since day one, and right now, if we win this game against North Carolina, that's eight regular season wins, which is one better than last year. So it may be a small step, but it's still raising the bar. If we can continue to do that, we're, we're making the progress that uh, Coach Dorn likes to see. And with Jalen taking over, it, it's a bright future, and Johnny in the backfield. But don't forget, we still got Matt for one more year. Um, I feel like everyone's almost – writing him off but uh, he's going to come back strong and I think this program's headed in the right direction where we're, we're slowly closing the gap between us and Clemson and Florida State um, and soon I believe we'll be able to compete with them year in and year out and make a run for the Atlantic title. Uh, still the investigative journalist in me has to ask this question though you talk about progress and yet here we sit three years into Dave Doran's tenure and he is lacking a marquee victory I mean, does that underscore the greatness that has been that he's been able to take a 3-9 and nine team and turn them around into a winning program? Because still, there are a lot of Wolfpack fans that are wondering, why not us? Why can't we take down a Florida State? Why can't we take down a Clemson? And meanwhile, the North Carolina Tar Heels are going to play 14 games this year, including a matchup against Clemson in the ACC championship game. And believe me, there will be nothing worse in Raleigh than if North Carolina pulled that upset. But what is it going to take for him to get that marquee victory now with yet another opportunity laying before him here on Saturday? Uh, I mean, we're, we're knocking on the doorstep. Uh, we played both Clemson and Florida State in the last two game, last two years we were at home, played them both uh, very tough, uh, had a few plays go against us that uh, if we could get those back, we'd, we'd like to have those back. But uh, I, I think we're making the progress where we're more consistent. Yeah, we, we let two get away earlier this year with Louisville and Virginia Tech, but uh, we're not what I believe the was kind of a Tom O'Brien era where we may pull off a big upset and then lose to someone we're just not supposed to, someone who's just not good at all. Uh, so we're, we're kind of steady, steady keel on the rise. Um, and when we get to, it may be another year or so, but when we get to the, the level where we can compete with Clemson and Florida State, uh, I think state fans will be happy because we won't beat Clemson or Florida State and then lose to Maryland like we did uh, at the end of Russell Wilson's career who robbed us of a ACC title game appearance. Literally by inches, yeah. and that, that was a real heartbreaker. But now we'll take a step back into the here and now. The last question before we let you go here, pick one key for me. What is it going to take to knock off number 11 and in any college football playoff hopes send them up against Clemson with two losses instead of one because this is the biggest game of the year? Yeah. Um, 
definitely would go with ball security because we, we've got to take care of it. We've done a good job. Uh, haven't put the ball in the turf much. Jacoby's done an excellent job of, uh, of not throwing interceptions and just being, being able to maintain possession. But if we give, we can't afford to give that Carolina offense any bonus possessions with good field position. So our job is to control the ball and keep it away from them and, and score points because we're going to need to to keep up with that offense. Well, you have heard it from student assistant Travis Dalton of the NC State football team right here on the Howler giving you the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Travis, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. Chris Lehman will be right back with us on the other side of this short break, and you'll get to hear two sports journalists going at it, talking about North Carolina strengths, NC State strengths, and overall rivalry week football here in Raleigh, North Carolina. You're listening to the Howler on Wolfpack Sports Television, bringing you into the pack. Back momentarily. Welcome back to the Howler. You just heard from Travis Dalton of the NC State football team, one of the student assistant coaches for the squad. Now we are back in studio. Drew Blevins alongside of Chris Lehman. Chris, I mean, this is rivalry week here in Raleigh. And what amazes me is that there is a lot of optimism, a lot of buzz surrounding this football game. But at the end of the day, the realist in me says you're playing the AP number 11 team in the North Carolina Tar Heels. You're a 7-4 and four football team looking to go to 8-4. and four. And really, you've got a whole big mountain to climb in front of you, and it is garbed in baby blue. What are your general impressions of this game? Uh, I think that, along with what we are hearing a lot, similarly outside of of NC State, is is just that that this is a very good North Carolina team, and I think they're good, but I think they are very much overrated. You look at the teams that they have played; they lost, and granted, it was the beginning of the season, so it's a little bit different at this point. But they lost to a South Carolina team that has not been very good this year. They teams they have beaten that you might consider quality wins: Virginia Tech. Not a bad one, but not a very strong one at the same time. You also have Duke and Pitt in there. Those both coming in the last few weeks. And in those last few weeks, especially with Duke, they have fallen off horribly. So I don't think you really saw an accurate representation of how that game would have gone. And now they're already into the ACC championship. So I think this is working out perfectly for NC State because North Carolina knows that regardless of what happens this week, they're in the ACC championship game against what will likely be the number one team in the country in the Clemson Tigers with the chance maybe to give themselves a shot at the college football playoff. I think there's a lot going on in the heads of these Carolina guys this week. For NC State, it's all about coming out and just trying to find a way to win and get that next W on the score sheet. So I think this game is shaping up in favor of NC State right now. Well, that was the one thing that I wanted to ask you about was does Larry Fedora consider resting some of his key players or at least not playing them to the point that he could risk an injury going into play against Clemson because Carolina does want to be able to preserve their hopes at an ACC championship, at a college football playoff run. As you said, there's a lot that has to happen for them to be able to make it. But is Larry Fedora really giving NC State the respect that they should be getting because let's not forget the Wolfpack absolutely decimated the North Carolina Tar Heels in Keenan Stadium 35 to 7 last year. I mean, it seems like Larry Fedora would want to come out and return the favor here in Raleigh, but does he do it? That's an interesting question. That's one we'll have to wait and see. I don't think that anyone inside of the football organization over in Chapel Hill is downplaying this game at all because I think they watched that Syracuse game and saw that NC State looks a lot better than they did the week before when they had to adjust without Matt Days. I think they're starting to find that, and I think that's gathering some respect over in Chapel Hill. I think the real problem is staying focused like that because outside of the football organization, you have to remember these football players aren't just going from home to the stadium and back. This isn't professional football. They have to go to class. They have to interact with their peers on campus. I think they are getting that from them that, oh, this is going to be an easy game, and it's up to the football players to keep their minds focused and ready for that game, but a lot of distractions, I think, in Chapel Hill. It's a very interesting scenario. NC State finally comes back into their own, finding the runny game, 276 rushing yards for the pack against the Syracuse Orange in a 42-29 win. Get this, Chris. Every single player, total in four of them, who lines up for the running back position, runs for over 40 yards. Reggie Gillespie, the team leader in rush yards with 81 and a touchdown to boot. It's an outstanding rushing performance for NC State. 
But you turn over and look on the Carolina side, and while they do have Isaiah Ford in the backfield, it seems like the passing game is something that has been the single most potent portion of their offense. Marquise Williams has Ryan Switzer, Quinshaw Davis, Hollis, his tight ends, who's running back in Isaiah Ford, and he's finding them with the football, and that's been the weakness of NC State really all season long, is being able to stop the pass game. So you got to at least believe that this is a favorable matchup for the North Carolina Tar Heels, and even if it's not, they seem to be very fast, they're incredibly good athletes, Marquise Williams seems to be able to avoid sacks when possible, as long as his offensive line holds up only marginally. Then you got Ryan Switzer, if you hit him in space. Boom, he's gone. Quinshaw Davis has the height advantage. There are a lot of weapons on that North Carolina team that makes it difficult for NC State's defense to hold them down in the scoring. This is also a Tar Heel team that has scored 66 and 59 points in back-to-back weeks, respectively. Granted, it is forced into overtime by the Virginia Tech Hokies, but win that football game, scoring 31. The offense is the biggest key for North Carolina because right now, they're just simply outscoring everybody. Yeah, and that's going to be the big thing for NC State because when you look at this UNC defense, not a bad defense, but not impressive by any stretch of the imagination. They are still giving up a lot of yards. Even with three turnovers, the Duke Blue Devils put up 533 yards of offense against the Tar Heels. So this isn't necessarily a great defense, and it's one that NC State should be able to move the ball on. So it is very important that this offense comes out and looks like it did against Syracuse this past week if they want to keep themselves in this game. Because I expect, as you said, North Carolina to come out and produce offensively. The thing is, does NC State get pressure on Marquise Williams? We saw that last year, and we saw them really mess with him and give him a lot of trouble. I think they have another strong front seven again this year that can do that. And if they get to him, I think it'll be a lot easier for the secondary because I don't think that Marquise Williams is necessarily the best decision maker. I hearken back to the South Carolina game. He threw two interceptions in the end zone, not just in the red zone or near the end zone. They were caught and intercepted in the end zone. When he is rushed, I think his decision-making drops off very severely, and I think if NC State gets that pressure, they will make it a lot harder for North Carolina on Saturday. Now, this has been the big debate really all week long through the past week. It's going to happen all this week. Does North Carolina deserve a chance to go to the college football playoff? And and it's no longer out of the realm of possibility because there have been some major shakeups in the ranking system. Michigan State upsets Ohio State. That sends the Spartans all the way up ahead. Ohio State is done. No chance for them to make the playoff. Michigan State is going to have to play undefeated Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. One of those two teams cancels each other out. Oklahoma has to play Oklahoma State in the battle for Bedlam. One of those two teams is going to cancel each other out. Baylor has to play TCU. One of those two teams cancels each other out in the Big 12. And then you look, as long as Carolina is able to take care of business against NC State, that's going to catapult them somewhere into the top 10 going into what could be the most intriguing Power 5 Conference Championship game against the Clemson Tigers where you've got a powerful Clemson offense and you've got a good, sizable Clemson defense going up against the incredible scoring threat that has become the Tar Heel offense. If North Carolina pulls that miracle, all of a sudden they're sitting somewhere in the top seven and that puts them directly into the conversation for the college football playoff. And Jeff Long had some incredibly strong words to say about North Carolina Two FCS teams, a loss to the South Carolina Gamecocks in Week 1, who just lost this week to the Citadel. That's not a strong loss at all. And then they really have just had to sort of mull through the Coastal Division and have trolled everybody, beating Duke, beating Pittsburgh, beating Virginia Tech, beating Georgia Tech. Those teams are power names because of prestige in the past, but you look at this season, they just haven't been as existent or as dominant. But North Carolina right now can play the ranking system with help from some other teams that is by no means out of the realm of possibility, and they could be right back in the conversation. Well, the thing that I see with with North Carolina, and I think it is definitely a possibility that they make the college football playoff, but it is a very much a long shot. You list off all these teams that are going to play. There are a lot of dominoes that still need to fall for NC State to, or not NC State, excuse me, for North Carolina to make this college football playoff, and that includes them beating not only NC State at home on Senior Day in Raleigh, but they are also going to have to beat a Clemson team that is going to be nowhere, anywhere near 
the skill level of the teams that they have played is going to be so much better than anyone that they have seen. And really the big thing for me in that game is that defense. That defense is going to be so much better. Marquise Williams is going to have a lot more on his plate. He's not just going to be able to make the reads and make the throws. He's going to have to read the defenses and watch for their audibles because it's going to be a very complex defense. It's not going to be like anything he's seen. So I think that is going to be very tough for them, and there are a lot of dominoes left to fall. So while they still have a chance, we also still have to wait and see where they come out in the rankings this week because it's not yet out where they will be in the college football playoff rankings. And they seem to not give quite as much respect to North Carolina as the AP poll does. So a lot of dominoes to fall and a lot of things have to go their way, but not out of the realm of possibility. And you're absolutely right. The college football playoff looks at so many different aspects of the season in order to get what they would consider the four best teams in that playoff. The AP poll is based solely on wins and losses, past week's rankings, and the quality of that win backslash loss. So it's an interesting juxtaposition between those two. Again, North Carolina right now ranked 11th in the AP poll, which came out yesterday. But now switching gears, we've thoroughly analyzed the Tar Heels offense, but there is another team that will be taking the football field, and it's an NC State team who is looking to go out and prove something, looking to really solidify their position in a Tier 1 bowl game, which at least they would hope would either be New York or Charlotte in the Belk Bowl. But this is a big game for NC State, and let me tell you why. The Wolfpack have had chance after chance to contend and compete with ranked opponents. Clemson, Florida State, good games, good efforts, but for some reason it just doesn't seem that NC State can climb over the hump. And while this game needs no build-up, both of these teams could be 0-11 and 11 right now, and it would all come down, the success of the season would be judged by who wins this football game. The rivalry needs no build-up, but when it comes to the fact that Dave Doran has not been able to secure a marquee victory in his now three years at NC State, and he's had time and time again an opportunity to do so. Now another one is staring him in the face, and this one means a little bit more. This is a chance to make it to a quality bowl game. This is a chance to knock North Carolina out of any conversation for the college football playoff. This is a chance to send them up against the mighty Clemson Tigers with two losses instead of only one. What is the Wolfpack beginning to feel right about now? Oh, the Wolfpack shouldn't feel any pressure, honestly. There's, there isn't much on the line for them because they're in a bowl game with seven wins already. They're going to go to a pretty decent bowl game. You always want to improve it. You always want to win. And especially against North Carolina, you want to come away with the win. But for them, there's so much less on the line. You think about it, and you list off all those things about North Carolina and all the things that are going through their heads right now. For NC State, we have two games left. You play the game against North Carolina, win or lose, you're going to a bowl game. you got to go play that bowl game try and win the bowl game. That should be NC State's mentality at this point. It should be very simple, and I think if they keep it that simple, they're gonna, it's going to give them their best chance of winning this football game. I, I totally agree with you. I think that NC State just needs to go out loose, calm, but confident. I think that's the biggest thing, that they have to go out and believe they inherently deserve respect. I mean, after all, Larry Fedora... This this has baffled me because I was just thinking of this as you were talking. Larry Fedora is 2-1 since coming to North Carolina against NC State. But he has never coached a great game against the Wolfpack. He's just been very, very fortunate. Year 1, Giovanni Bernard breaks the hearts of Wolfpack fans everywhere with a controversial touchdown return off the game-closing punt that ends up successfully sealing the win for the Tar Heels, after what appeared to be a couple blatant holdings and blocking the backs on that play. Fast forward a year. NC State goes into the football game at 3-8. and eight. They are no threat whatsoever. And North Carolina gives opportunity after opportunity to Pete Thomas to try to lead the Wolfpack over the Tar Heels, even though they are not going to a bowl game. Thomas throws an interception. Thomas fumbles. Thomas throws an interception. That's the way that game goes. North Carolina still only wins by nine. And then you go to Keenan Stadium last year, and this is a Wolfpack win from the get-go. NC State begins to slam the Tar Heels from the first quarter to the fourth quarter and wins 35-7, to and we're about three minutes away from securing a shutout. Does that record, does that win-loss ideology, does that come into play here? 
because right now, North Carolina has the momentum. They have not lost a game in 10 weeks of football. But NC State, for the most part, has outplayed North Carolina on the football field in recent memory. Well, I think what you have to remember is with NC State, no, I'm not sure anyone knows what it is, but for games like this, NC State always comes ready to play, and I don't expect anything less this week. So we'll see. I think there are so many other things going on for North Carolina right now that that kind of thing is, is, if thought about at all, in the very, very back of their mind. So I don't see that as being a big effective thing for for North Carolina, and their biggest motivation is going to come with keeping their college football playoff hopes alive. So I don't think that that record is really going to be much of an effect. And from Larry Larry Fedora's perspective, you know, if he didn't coach a good game, he still got the win. He's got two wins and one loss. When you when you bring it down to that, the bottom line is he's won two games and lost one against NC State. So I don't see that being too much of a factor or having really much play in this game. I think it's more going to be about NC State trying to shut down North Carolina and keep them out of the college football playoff conversation. We've talked about the offenses, but I do want to talk about the defenses here because I do think this could be a transitional point. I don't think it's the key point necessarily, and I'll get I'll get to what I think is the key point upcoming here shortly. But I do think that this NC State defense has a lot of control over what could happen in this football game. Because the front seven, as you said earlier, if they can get pressure on Marquise Williams, then you are forcing him to earn his name as possibly the ACC player of the year, if you want to go that far. He has been a dark horse candidate. He has proven himself week in and week out. But if you get pressure on him, it's going to be difficult for him to make plays. Then you've got a secondary who is all of a sudden quietly starting to come into their own. Darian Roseboro returned an interception for a touchdown against Clemson. That caps off what has been really a stellar two weeks for the NC State defense, on the turnover margin at least. But does the Wolfpack defense, do they have a decent enough matchup against this Tar Heel offense to be able to shut them down? And if so, how are they going to be able to do it? Well, I think I'm going to start by saying I think I might completely disagree with the defense not being the key to this game because, to me, both offenses, at least in recent games, have looked pretty good, and I expect them both to come out and perform pretty well. To me, it's going to be who shuts down who and who does it first because North Carolina has not really played many strong defensive teams, and they really haven't had much resistance when it comes to to their offense. So I think if NC State can come out and at least slow them down from the start and set them back a little bit, that is going to be huge. This defense is going to have to play probably their best game of the year against this North Carolina team if they want to win. Well, I think the good news for NC State is that North Carolina rarely runs through the middle. Any type of offense. Everything's going outside the tackles and everything's going outside the hash marks in the air. That's minimalizing turnovers for them, but it's a risky play nonetheless because I think NC State has done a decent job covering the sidelines. I think it's up the middle where they're getting beat. I I say the defense is the key because I agree with you. The offenses are good. The offenses are going to perform. This is probably going to be a game that you're going to see scoring somewhere in the 20s. I think NC State's defense has to be the one at some point to put the ball back in their offensive hands to make sure that North Carolina is not able to convert on third down because that's where that shutdown factor comes in. And the Wolfpack, I think, has the opportunity all of a sudden to earn a little bit more respect than an 8-4 and four record states, and I think everybody realizes that. I love the quote that Darian Roseborough gave after the Clemson win. He was asked, when do you start preparing for North Carolina? And it was one simple word. It was now. And I think there's no time like the present for NC State to start building toward their bowl game, to start building even toward next season if you want to go that far. And it all starts with being able to beat the North Carolina Tar Heels. Because you cannot disagree with the fact that the remaining two games on the schedule, for now, are the biggest game that NC State will have played this season. To beat North Carolina and to try to win a bowl game. Which should be a Tier 1 bowl game. That's huge. For Dave Doran, that's huge. Two winning records. If you're able to get this win against North Carolina, you've increased your win total in the regular season by one. That's a baby step forward, but it's a step forward nonetheless. And then to be a back-to-back bowl game champion is just as much of an honor. 
because then that gives you so much confidence heading into next season's schedule, which is looking more and more intriguing as we get closer and closer to it because you're going to have to play an East Carolina team on the road. You get to play Notre Dame in Carter-Finley Stadium. So the non-conference schedule strength is going to be there. The talent level is going to be there because you've got Jalen McClendon who's going to be filling in for Jacoby Brissett's shoes at the quarterback position, and he continues to look like lightning in a bottle the more you get to see him in these garbage time plays. But at the end of the day, as much as we can talk that up, it all starts with this win against North Carolina. So we transition back to the Tar Heel defense. NC State has had a hot and cold offense all season long. The one thing that you can rely on is Jacoby Brissett has only thrown three interceptions all year long. That's a tremendous number. The one he threw against Syracuse was really the first one that was forced and was his error, his mistake, where he'd really like to have that throw back. The running game is coming into its own, 276 rushing yards against Clemson. It's running back by committee in its purest form because you never know who's going to line up there. But yet, North Carolina has been able to allow their offense to get the ball back and outscore opponents, even though the defense has not played tremendously. Yeah, and that's why I think the defense is going to be the big key here, because I think both offenses are working well. So it's going to be up to the defenses to make the stops. And I think this actually is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to come down in the fourth quarter to who can get that stop when the game's tied and get the ball back in their offense's hand and give them a chance to win the football game. So that's really where it's going to come down to for me is who's got the energy and the will at the end of the game to make that play that makes a difference. You remember... Recalling back to the Clemson game, that was our first Howler pilot broadcast where you talked about the defense had to win that football game. It had to be low scoring. I'm getting the same feeling, and that worries me because I hope the defense is going to be able to match up well. I think that they've got a good shot to be able to match up well. But if it is a high-scoring game, I just think North Carolina has the better offense, and that's what worries me. I think if the defense is able to hold them down, and it doesn't have to be a lot, I'm confident that NC State's going to have a shot in this football game anywhere if Carolina scores 35 or below. But if Carolina starts nicking 38 and getting up above 40, the Wolfpack have no shot. That offense is young. It's going to get tired. Your leader's Jacoby Brissett. That's great. He's a dual-threat quarterback if he decides to move his feet a little bit more, which was successful against North Carolina last year. He's hit nine receivers, but they're all so young. That's just the thing. Drop passes are not out of the realm of possibility. Getting hit and fumbling the football as a wide receiver is not out of the possibility. We saw that week three against Louisville. Utilizing your tight ends to the best of your ability is going to be key. Making sure that you're getting the ball to your receivers in space and not forcing them to make acrobatic catches is going to be key. And against a speedy North Carolina defense that has Sam Smiley, on that defensive back core, that's very difficult. But I do think this has to be held to a low-scoring game, and I think that comes down to the defense. But there is one more aspect of this football game that I think may be pivotal, and that's special teams. We we talk this to death, that Kyle Bambard has had one of the more disappointing seasons on record for NC State at the kicking position. Still not kicking 50%. Misses a long field goal against Syracuse square off the upright, and that's that's tough. North Carolina has about the same situation. Their kicker, more experienced, but hasn't been great. And then you look at somebody like A.J. Cole III, who continues to improve on his punting, who is now a guy who's able to kick it somewhere in the upper 40s to lower 50s and able to flip field on every punt that he makes... How does that affect this football game? Because I think if you're if you're shortening the field by what his average punt was at the beginning of the year where he's looking at upper 30s to now lower 50s, that's a 20-yard difference. That's two first downs difference. And I think that that could be a difference because NC State may not be able to stop North Carolina on a short field, 60 yards and in, but when you're forcing them to go 80 and 85 yards down the football field, I think it's a different scenario. Well, the thing you have to look at, too, A.J. Cole actually has started to fall off a little bit here at the end of the season. I think part of it is his, this is his first season, full season kicking, so I think he's getting a little bit tired. You also have to look at the temperatures, too, right now, and the weather, because I looked at the weather this morning, and 
We're still almost a week out, but right now there's a pretty good chance of some rain on Saturday. So there are a lot of factors that are going to come into that. And you, you look at the weather and not only the rain possibility, but the temperature. And when it's cold for a kicker, it's a lot harder to stay loose. The ball is, is harder and it's tougher to kick. So there are a lot of things that are going to go into this. But I think it's going to it could come down to a kick. And right now, Kyle Bambard... I'm not going to feel comfortable unless he's inside of 35. Inside of 35. I I would even go 30 or in. Because 30 to 35, I mean, even that, while it should be a chip shot, make 100 out of 100, it, it just hasn't been there this year. I mean, this is a guy who's had an extra point blocked. Granted, not necessarily his fault because the offensive line broke down right in the middle against Clemson. Clank one off the upright against Louisville. You've looked at him. He missed in the second game. He missed against Louisville. He missed against... Old Dominion. There, there are so many misses, and you never want to talk about the bad things, but you almost have to since they're so recurring. And you do wonder, NC State down two, they've got the ball to the 23-yard line with two seconds to go, timeout. Are you confident trotting Kyle Bambard out there? Or, or do you do something drastic and send a Jackson Maples or even an A.J. Cole out there to kick the field goal? Because right now... Believe me, every person in that stadium wearing red is going to collectively hold their breath because you've got freshman number 92 in there from the great state of Michigan who's got to find a way to kick a game-winning field goal against an AP Top 15 team. Well, a lot of times the way that these things work out, and it's it's strange this way sometimes, but at least the way it was for me as a kicker is when you have that chance... If you if you're really ready there and prepared for it, there's a strange calm that comes with it, and I think you could see that out of him. And I'm really for this week going to reserve judgment until we get to Saturday and actually see what he does, because there have been weeks where he's gone two for two, three for three on field goals and looked perfectly fine. It's really been those weeks that you list that he's had bad weeks. And when you go back, actually, if you look at Nick Sadie's numbers freshman year, they weren't that impressive either. So. One rough year, you know, you, you get frustrated that year, but if he turns out to be as good or, or close to as good as Nicholas Sadie was for NC State, I think you'll overlook this year. The big thing is, what is he going to do this week? I think if he comes out, and really what would almost be beneficial to NC State, at least from a kicking standpoint, is to come out on your first drive, get stopped around the 15-yard line, and let him hit a 32-yard field goal, and get his confidence up and ready to go for this game because he could very well be a factor when it comes down to it. I could not agree more. I think as long as you've got his confidence up, I mean, that that could be the difference between a make and a miss when it comes because you can attest to this. The worst thing you can do as a kicker is overthink and just not miss a motion, miss something, miss a plant foot because that's what can affect a kick. Absolutely. It's all in muscle memory, and clearly he has it. There's a reason he was brought to NC State, because he performed in high school at some point. So he's just got to get back to that. That's the big thing. It's simplify, simplify, simplify. Focus on one or two things, and everything else usually falls into place. And, of course, if Greg Fischel of WRAL is correct and there is some sort of rain or precipitation that manages to fall, anything can happen in crazy weather. But it stands that we have talked this game to death. This is not the only major thing. Thing going on in NC State athletics that we normally cover here on the Howler. The North Carolina State Wolfpack ice hockey team was able to defeat the University of North Carolina at Charlotte in Charlotte by a final count of 8-7 to seven as they squeak out a victory in what was supposed to be the Charlotte shootout tournament that ended up just being a non-conference effectively exhibition game against the 49ers. They were able to win there. Their next home game will be against Virginia Tech and that will be their toy drive night brought to you by Wolfpack Sports Television and the NC State hockey team. You can bring your gently used unwrapped toy to either the West Dunn building on North Carolina State University's campus or to the game that night at the Iceplex 945 5 p.m. start time, December 4th. That's a Friday, the last day of classes at NC State. And of course, the men's soccer team, we had talked them up not in the NCAA tournament. The men's basketball team was able to rectify the situation after a loss to William & Mary. They defeated Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. The Jaguars go down. Impressive victory for NC State, as well as the women's team remains undefeated with a victory over Davidson despite sustaining a couple of injuries. And now, Chris, we come to 
one of my favorite segments, and it is, it is absolutely wonderful that we are all tied up going into Rivalry Week because it means all of these picks are worth that much more. The reason Chris has tied me in this game is because the Arizona Cardinals were able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals last night on literally a last-second field goal by former Clemson kicker Chandler Cantazaro, which, incredible kick, chip shot though it may have been. But here we are, all squared up, and we will start off in the SEC, all college football this week. So we start off in the SEC at the Iron Bowl. The Alabama Crimson Tide will secure their spot in the SEC championship game to take on Florida, not this week, but next week. But it's always a big game against Auburn. Bama, clearly the stronger team here, but who you got? Uh, it's Bama all the way right now. Bama, they slipped up a little bit against Ole Miss, but since then I think Nick Saban's got his team on the right track, and I fully expect them to win that game, win the ACC championship, and end up in the college football playoff. Couldn't agree more. I think Alabama is on their way to their 16th national title, their first in the college football playoff. I'm loving the way the Crimson Tide are playing right now. Derrick Henry's got everything going for him right now. Whoever they trot out at quarterback is going to be talented. I like the Tide in this one. Staying in the SEC, we go to the Egg Bowl! Ole Miss and Mississippi State. This has been trial and error for both of these teams. Both of these fan bases were so craving monumental seasons, and after Ole Miss beat Alabama, you thought, is this going to be the team to come out of the SEC and be the dark horse? But nonetheless, both teams sort of tailed off toward the end of the season. Still a big game for SEC standings. Who do you have? Oh, that's a tough one. It really is kind of a toss-up, and to be honest, I don't know too much about what these teams have going in, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss in this one. I think they're going to come out with the win. you got to start stealing my picks. The Quan Treadwell is just an outstanding wide receiver. I love the way Chad Kelly's playing. I think Ole Miss really has it going for him this year. They're going to remember the fact that Mississippi State beat them last year due to Treadwell's injury. I like the Rebels in this one. And now we go to this sort of interesting little matchup that nobody really knows about all the way out in Washington. The Apple Cup. The Washington Huskies and the Washington State Cougars. The Cougars lost their quarterback to what appeared to be a very traumatic head injury. No telling what could happen there. But we head up towards Seattle. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I think just because of that, you're going to have to go with Washington on that one. I think that's a, a big blow, especially this late in the season, to have to make that adjustment. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I'm actually going to go with the Cougars here. I think the resiliency in Mike Leach on that coaching staff as the head coach, I think that you're going to have to be able to find a way to rally the troops here. I like the Cougars in this one. I think that's going to be a real good football game and a dark horse candidate to watch if you can. We will head back to the East Coast, the good old-fashioned hate game. This is one of my favorite rivalries because it's an SEC-ACC matchup as the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets will be taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, ACC-SEC. These teams haven't exactly had great seasons. They've been competitive. They should be going to bowl games, but it's a big one nonetheless. Jackets or dogs? Oh, Bulldogs all the way. Georgia's played a tougher schedule, and I think they're just flat out a little bit better football team, and that's why they're going to take over and win that game against Georgia Tech, who really hasn't had a great season this year. I rarely pick the ACC over the SEC, but I love the triple option, and it seems like that Georgia has had trouble defending that in past years. Paul Johnson's got a good thing going down at Georgia Tech. I think that if you're able to conjure up a little bit of magic like you did in the Florida State win, I think that Georgia may be in a little bit of trouble because they know the SEC right now belongs to one team and one team only, and that's the Alabama Crimson Tide, and it's going to be very hard to knock them off. They obviously got the chance and failed miserably earlier in the season. Not a whole lot left for either of these two teams to play for except a minimalized bowl game, but I think the Jackets are actually going to pull this one off. And staying in the South, we head down one state, the Seminoles of Florida State looking to salvage their season at two losses. They'll be taking on the Florida Gators who are well on their way to an SEC title game appearance against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Does Florida go in holding that monstrous record or do they have a blemish on it? I think they're going to lose it this week. I think Florida State's going to come away with that win. They're going to surprise people a little bit because I think everyone is kind of leaning towards Florida. So I'm going to go with the Seminoles in this one. I think that Jim McElwain's going to pull what at least I would consider an upset because I like the Gators. I, I love the quote, and I think this is the only thing he needed to say to be able to get his team riled up. The quote of the year, in my mind, after the win, the overtime win against Florida Atlantic, he goes, do you want to know the energy my guys are playing with? Stop by the grocery store on the way home and look in the dead fish aisle. 
and look in the dead fish's eyes. That's the way they're playing. That's an incredible quote, and it's so understated from a normally fiery guy. I love it. I think he's got his team fired up. I think it's going to be orange and blue. I like the Gators in this one. We go to a game that does have college football implications now, though. Stanford taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Notre Dame right now clinging to a college football playoff spot. Stanford on the outside looking in. One of those two teams is going to cancel each other out by handing another a loss. Who gets the loss? I think Notre Dame gets the loss this year. They've kind of had an up-and-down season, not the most consistent by any stretch of the imagination. I think Stanford is going to come in and kind of surprise them. That's a good pick. I think it's going to be a very good game. But I like the Irish in this one. I think the Notre Dame Fighting Irish have played at least strong enough of a schedule, and they've been fighters in some tough places to play in. Their one loss is in the rain to Clemson, who is the number one football team in America right now by two points. I think they play that game again. Notre Dame wins it. I think the Fighting Irish are going to be able to solidify their chance to compete in the college football playoff with this victory. So I'm looking for the Irish to do some big things in that football game. We now head to the game. The big game. No, not the one in Raleigh. Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State suffers their first loss to the Spartans of Michigan State, and now they have to play at the big house. Big game, both teams. Ohio State's going to win this game. That's just how it's going to go because they lose to Michigan State. They kind of lose their chance at going back and repeating a national championship. So I think they're angry, and I think they're just flat out better than Michigan, and I could easily see them bullying the Wolverines this week. Whether it happens or not, I'm not sure, but if anyone's going to blow anyone out in that game, it's going to be Ohio State. I've got the Buckeyes all the way. Do you know what the second largest stadium in America is? Do you know what the first largest stadium in America, second largest stadium in the world is? That would have to be the big house. It's the big house. It's Michigan Stadium. And I think Jim Harbaugh there still looking for that marquee victory against somebody. I think he gets it. Ezekiel Elliott made it very clear in his postgame interview. He is not excited to go take the field for the Ohio State Buckeyes once again. I don't think he has a whole lot left to play for. Tough one for him. I like the Wolverines. And finally, we now have to wrap everything up by picking this game between the NC State Wolfpack hosting the number 11 North Carolina Tar Heels. I know what my heart says. I know what my head says. But, Chris, you have the honor of picking first. I think that we're thinking the same thing here. And my heart says NC State finds a way to get this done. And I think they'll at least keep it close. But I don't think they quite are going to be able to finish this one off. I think North Carolina takes the win. Couldn't agree more. I don't think NC State has quite enough firepower, and it hurts me to say that because I will be wearing nothing more than red, black, and white when it comes to Saturday. But I think North Carolina is well on their way to doing something special with this football season. I like the Tar Heels in this one. That is going to wrap it up for this extended special edition of The Howler. We hope that you will join us next week as we'll be talking about the results of this football game between the NC State Wolfpack and the North Carolina Tar Heels. And we'll be previewing NC State hockey against number 17 Virginia Tech. We'll also have some more information coming up about what to expect out of the basketball team as they will head into ACC play. It should be our final howler of this semester. Signing off for Chris Lehman, our producer has been Chuck Givens. We hope that you've enjoyed it, and we hope to see you backslash. I, you know, Chris, this is an interesting sign-off now because I just realized they can see us, but we can't see them. Nonetheless, we hope that you will join us next time. Signing off for Chris Lehman, I'm Drew Blevins. You've been listening to The Howler, and you've just been given the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Wolfpack Sports Television. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.